Hi, and welcome back to the Wild West Tennis Podcast, brought to you by Quality Shot Tennis. I'm Brad Faulkner, your host. Tonight I'm with Rodrigo Camacho, who's a sports journalist based in Guadalajara. Wow, this is a real thrill. I got to meet this man in uh, the Los Cabos Tennis Tournament in Cabos. Now we're in your home city of Guadalajara. What do you think? You've been here for the WTA Year of Championships and the 250, the 1000. What is your general impression of the venue and the events? It's been crazy. It's been crazy because the, the other day I was talking to a friend about what has been happening here in Guadalajara with all the tennis. And we just remember that in one year, like in the period of one year, we've had the WTA Finals, the WTA 250, and now we have the WTA 1000. So it's, it's been kind of crazy. I think it has adapted well, talking about the environment, talking about the complex and all the courts and everything, because we have to remember that this complex was built to host the Pan Americans, I think you... Pan American Games. Right? The Pan American Games back in 2011. Right. So it has aged very well, I would say. And, it ha and I think the, the effort that all the people has been made to make this possible has been great. So yeah, it's, 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 it's been cool. It's a state-of-the-art facility. You can see behind us are some of the practice courts. Yes. And, and in front of us is the stadium. And apologize if the... You just heard that the, the uh, MC, Andrew Krasny, that's a shout out for you, Andrew. And he's an MC at a lot of the WTA 1000s. Yep. So what, I, what we can see is an incredible facility that I think rivals any I've seen in, in the United States for a uh, 1000 level. In your experience here of covering the 250, the year in championships, have you ever seen a field that wasn't spectacular? I mean, are you spoiled? Yeah, of course. Well, no, like talking about the field, like in the, uh, the players. Yeah, the and, player field. And all this stuff. Well, back in the in the days, like in the, the first year that Abierto Zapopan was hosted, because that's, that was the first name for uh, the tournament that was played here in this complex. So back in the day, yeah, that maybe not so much like a, a lot of good players or something like were coming. So we had to just wait for the right players to come. So yeah. It's been it's been a process for us, like, like like fans, like journalists, like basically everything involved or everybody involved here in in this tournament. Say it's been a process for us. And I think you I think you may have mentioned before when we were chatting. Was it 2018 or 17 when the 250 first arrived? Uh, 2019. 2019. 2019. Yes. And if you think about it, Rodrigo, in that short time, to start with a 250, to get a year-end championship and a 1,000, that doesn't happen. I know, in, in many places, in many cities, in many countries, you've been spoiled. Yes. <laughs> uh, basically, all the all the people here has been uh, has been spoiled. Uh, I think it, that's only thanks to to the efforts of uh, Gustavo Santoscoy, who is the tournament director for this, and who was also the tournament director for the Abierto Zapopan for the year end finals and for the 250. Um, we know that that's not possible if. if if it wasn't for all the other ingredients that were happening in these last three years, let's say. So, yeah, it's, it's been a ride for, every, for everyone involved. Or you could say Gustavo has the Midas touch. Either way, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. The fans are here. The media is here. We're here. The players are here. So I think he does deserve a lot of credit because, as you know, he does, he does. any tournament director wears several hats and promoting an event and, um, you know, taking care of the media. So... He clearly has had a lot of uh, influence 
and deserves a lot of credit for the success. Um, moving on from that, you you are really fortunate that you're in maybe a, a golden era or the beginning of a golden era with tennis in Mexico. And what I mean mainly is with these tournaments that are in, in, in Acapulco and Los Cabos here in Guadalajara, Monterey. When do you expect the the players to catch up with the tournament success, if you know what I mean? Of course, of course. And we have discussed this many times with a lot of colleagues because obviously you're talking about a golden era and I was going to say exactly like that. It is a golden era in terms of tournaments, in terms of organization, in terms of what could come next for Mexican tennis in that way. If we talk about golden era in players, that was a long ago. That was a long, long ago. To be sure. So, so we expect... I had the, that, uh, that kind of talk with a, with a colleague a, a couple of months ago, and he was desperate to see like new talent and new players and someone breaking into the top 100 in both circuits, in the ATP and the WTA, I think it's a matter of time for us to develop uh, better players. I will say maybe, I hope it's sooner, but I think maybe 10, 15 years until people really start to grab what tennis means, because I think the tournaments still have like um, something to do in terms of promotion, especially here in Guadalajara, the city, it should have been crazy, should have been crazy about the tournament. Yes. And there are still some people that they don't even know the tournament is, is occurring. So I think it's that's that's one of the challenges in terms of organization, in terms of players. I think it's a matter of time. I'm sure it's a matter of time, maybe 10, 15 years. I think it's confusing to, to the general public. Maybe, because yeah. It, let's just take Guadalajara, for example, as you mentioned. They've got, uh, they know it's women's tennis and they know it's professional tennis and yes. it's big. You know, or even if it's a 250. So people in Guadalajara know there's this tennis that tends to be in the late fall and then the early or the late winter. So they yes. kind of know there's a little bit of a pro tennis season, incredible complex. Um, you know, it makes me think when we were talking, when I heard you giving me the answer about maybe it'll be 10, 15 years, I think you're not, you're not unlike Canada. And here's why I, I say okay. that. Yeah. I used to go to the Rogers Cup. Yes. And, and, uh, and that was what it was called then in, in uh, Montreal and yep. Toronto. And at those days, they didn't have any top players. Then Ronich came. And yep. then Shapovalov. And then um, Andrescu. Layla. Felix. Yeah. Could that be? I mean, it's optimistic. But it wouldn't shock me. It's North America. It, it, am I crazy? I mean, I know I am. You, yeah. <laughs> you, um, I will say you, you're talking about really player a, development a, 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 yes but you're talking about elite players correct i think we'll, we'll still have to have i would say a couple of players break into the top hundreds first to have at least two players in the in the atp breaking into the top 100 hopefully these two players that are coming closer fernanda contreras renato sarasua who are getting close to the to the 150 to the 100 Hopefully they can make it all the way through the top uh, 100. And maybe after that, maybe we can start developing players at a younger age with better process. Um, I don't know, you're, we're talking about elite, elite, elite players with Raonic, with Shapovalov, with Felix, with Bianca. They're elite players. We're talking about top 10 level. We're talking about Grand Slam finalists and a Grand yes, Slam champion exactly. in the case of Bianca Andreescu. Exactly. So um, yeah, that, that's, that's, the bar is very high, but. It only takes one or two. Yes. And the neat thing is 
we, there's, we're going to mainly focus on the women players since we're here, because there are some uh, we saw at, at Cabo, the first Mexican player since I think it was 2010 to win a main yes. right to win a main draw uh, match at the in ATP level. So let's focus on the women. The the two players you mentioned, uh, uh, I forgot the pronunciation of both. When yeah, I asked, Renata Sarasua and Fernanda Contreras. Yeah. Could you, uh, our viewers, uh, this is in English. Maybe yes. uh, talk a little about both. For those of us, including myself, I don't know a lot about them either. Yes, I know. Well, the uh, the last, I would say, good player in women's tennis is just only women's tennis. Sure. That, that we had, and maybe one of the best ones was uh, Angelica Gavaldon. She was she was a good player. She was a decent player, yeah. I, I will say. She beat Jana uh, Novotna at Wimbledon. Beating Novotna at Wimbledon? Yes. A former champ? Yes. That's a huge win. Yeah, that, well... Let, let me correct myself. I don't think. I, I, I don't think. No. I don't think if she did it. Uh, I think she did it at, at at the Australian Open. Oh, okay. Sorry. She did it at, okay. at, at the Australian Open. Uh, Angelica Gavaldon. Obviously, that was a huge win for the country. Massive. That was a huge win for her. Um, that's what everybody remembers when we talk about Angelica Gavaldon. After her, we haven't had another good player in in that way. So, Renata Sarasua was the first one since Angelica Gavaldon to win. A match at a main draw at a Grand Slam. Okay. She did so at the Roland Garros 2020, two years ago. All right. Uh, and then she had maybe the bad luck to face Elines Vitolina in the second round. Bad that luck? Was a, that, Horrible luck. Exactly. <laughs> that match was held in uh, at, the, at the Philippe Chatrier. It was a great experience for her. She even baggled Elines Vitolina the second set. She won it 6-0. Wow. And then she lost in, in, in three sets. Yeah. After what Renata Sarasua did, we were hoping that maybe she could make it into the top 100. She hasn't yet. But then this year, Fernanda Contreras was, I think, the first player, talking about men and women, in a lot of years to play three consecutive main draws in Grand Slam. And then she did it, uh, becoming all the way to, uh, through the qualities. So we're talking about Roland Garros, Wimbledon, and US Open. This year, this 2022. Wow. Three yeah. that, that may be something that hasn't happened on the women's tour for a player to qualify for three majors consecutively. Yes. Uh, I mean, that All the is, way through the qualities. Yeah. And then I think she unfortunately didn't make it to the second week, but getting no. uh -huh. qualifying in a win or two in main draw is huge for the ranking, the, the pocketbook, and, the, and moreover, the confidence. No, and it, and it is also important for us as a country because. Uh, do you remember when you see the draw and then you go all the way through the flags? Then we got to see at least the Mexican flag w once in the in, in, yeah. the in the women's tennis. So yeah. th that's a cool thing. Honestly, that's a that, cool thing. Very even, cool. Even for me as a journalist to see the Mexican flag in the main draw, that's awesome. So we're hoping to see at least one, maybe two, maybe three in the future. Maybe one flag in the second week. But, but we know it's a process and we know it's going to take a while. But I think, you know, you say a process and taking a while, you know, listening to you uh, explain to, to myself and to the viewers the, yes. the, the journey they've been on, uh, we have a doubles player that's in this draw that is qualified for the WTA. Oh, well, yeah, of course. So perhaps you could um, enlighten our viewers to the, how she was able to qualify. And I think it's only four teams or maybe eight teams. I don't remember that qualify for the women's. Eight teams. Okay. Eight teams. And is it Almas? Am I... Yes, Juliana Olmos. Uh, Juliana Olmos. I, I almost kind of feel bad because I didn't mention her, but we're, always, wait, we're, wait. We're, we're talking about singles. But uh, in this case, 
we'll make an exception for the doubles because okay. she qualified for the year-end championship. We're in Mexico. She's in the draw here. Yes. It, it works. Well, I, I, and actually, like, like like a note to what we're talking about, the doubles has always been better for Mexican players than in singles. In doubles, we've had way better results than we've had in singles. Um, and Juliana almost is not, not the deception. He hasn't had a good career, at least in singles. But she's done an amazing pair, pair of years these last two years, Juliana almost. Last year, we, I think she was playing with uh, Desiree Krosic. I think that mm -hmm. she was her, her, her doubles partner. She, I think she finished, or they finished at like 11 in the year-end rankings. For some reason, a couple couldn't make it into the WTA finals, and then two other people got injured, something like that. So she made it to the WTA finals as an alternate last year. No, not as an alternate oh. because the other the other couples okay. couldn't play. Okay. So they went up to this eight seed. For, let, let's say that. Way. Wow. So, wow. and this year was even was even better for them because then now she's playing with Ariela Dabrowski, a Canadian player. Um, good, oh, chemistry, good, good chemistry between them and then now at least this season she was also qualified I think like a month ago or something like that so way better season than when she had the uh, last year and she's been in demand here one thing Rodrigo that I, I noticed when I arrived here on Sunday was that for one of the first media days um, she had a lot of requests of and that's wonderful that's great news I, yes. I look forward to Hopefully having a chance to speak with her this week. If not in the future, I may try to make it back here, hopefully for the, the event in the um, the 250 event. Yes. Um, but taking it back again to this event, let's um, end this podcast with a prediction from you, and I'll give you mine. But uh, I, I'm going to put you in the hot seat again. Okay. Uh, could you give us a prediction on who you think it will win the tournament? Okay. I'll, I'll make it easier. Who do you think is going to make it to the final or and or who do you think is going to win? I'll make, whatever you think is, you know, you're more comfortable in, in the singles. In singles, yeah. in singles, we're back to singles, folks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go all the way with Coco Golf to win the tournament. Wow. Yes. I didn't see that coming. Even though it's very <laughs> now that you say. Well, now that you see it, she had a good result in San Diego yes. last week. She's number eight in the world, I believe. She's qualified for the year-end championships, uh, which will be in Dallas in a couple of weeks. I don't know why that shocks me. It shouldn't. She's not the number one seed. Okay, Coco Golf. Winning the tournament. Winning the tournament, Do you yes. have a, 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 a final? Because I don't expect you to memorize the draw, but do you, do you have a feeling maybe who should play in the final? I, I don't really know. I know Pegula, I think it's on in the same... She's in her section. ...side of the, of the draw. Yeah, yeah she's so in her... I, I would say that because Pegula was my other choice. Right. Once, once I knew which players were attending the event. So Pegula was my second, my second choice. I will say that if they clash... At, at some point, that's gonna be like a Semifinal, like probably, like, a, right. like a, some sort of final, yeah. meaning that the one she wins that that match are gonna win the whole tournament. In the other section, I don't I don't I don't have a fresh, but I don't really see a player as solid as both of them. I will I, I will pick either Coco Golf or Jessica Pereira. I love what you're saying. In other words, I felt the same way about the French Open. I felt the final okay. was essentially Djokovic and exactly. Nadal. in the middle of the week. Right. Yes. And unfortunately, in the quarterfinals yes. where they met at Roland Garros, which should have been a final, but because Novak didn't, uh, wasn't allowed to play in Australia in the rankings. Yes. So I get what you mean. The Pagula-Goff uh, match really is the final, but it can't be as exactly. they're on the same half of the draw. 
So I like it. That's an all-American. Well, the American pick is Coco Goff. I'm going to throw something wild out there. It's not Canadian. It's not American. Not South American. Not Central. Not Mexican. I'm going with Benchich. Okay, I'll cool. I'll tell you why. I like it. I do too. <laughs> I really like it. Because last night she had a wild match. Wild match. I didn't win. Yeah, against Layla. For, that was insane. It was cool. It was very cool. When you get a cool first round match like that, it really shouldn't be a first round match, but we're at a, a WTA 1000. Yes. So it tends to happen. I have this feeling about Benchich because I was watching her today practice with her coach, uh, Tursanov. Tursanov. That must be a, a somewhat of a new partnership, or maybe they're, they're I don't know their, their history. But when I saw them practicing today behind us, and not more than a few hours ago, I thought, huh, she got out of a tricky match where <laughs> she had some match points that she could have won it in two, she didn't. Yes. She could have lost the first set. It was a wild match. It was fun. It was interesting. Was the tennis great? At times, yes. But due to the weather, it was funky. So I'm going to go with Benchit's golf final. I'm kind of hijacking your final okay, pick. Okay, okay, that's I, and perfect. I, I, I don't have the guts to pick a winner. No, I, yeah, I do. You know more about tennis than I do, and I found that I out. I don't think so. <laughs> he does, he does. We played Tennis Jeopardy yesterday, and I lost. <laughs> that was a cool experiment. Yeah, it was. Well, not allowed like, for you. like Jeopardy, but it was, it was cool. <laughs> for him, it was. For me, it hurt. <laughs> I mean, I'm twice his age. He schooled me, folks. I know, right? I am twice your age. On that note, hey, it's been a pleasure. Oh, it's been my pleasure, Brad. Yeah, for I've sure. Really for enjoyed sure my, it. For sure, my pleasure. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to stop, but I have a feeling that, um, well, it, it's, um, how do you say cerveza? Does that mean Coca-Cola or beer time? Beer is the same as cerveza here in Spanish. I haven't had one. Should we Should we have a beer? After it's, it's, uh, I'm in. If so, you're in, I'm in. So it's beer time. Folks, that's it for tonight. Thank you again for tuning in. To the Wild West Tennis Podcast brought to you by Quality Shot Tennis. Remember to subscribe, like, click, give money, you can comment, or you could listen to it on your favorite podcast type radio stations, even though it's not radio. You get the drift, gist of it. Adios, muchachas, muchachitos. <laughs>